Welcome to the Lady Chapel. Oh, God, make speed to save us. Oh, Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Psalm 98 Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. With his right hand and his holy arm has he won for himself the victory. The Lord has made known his victory. His righteousness has he openly shown in the sight of the nations. He remembers his mercy and faithfulness to the house of Israel. And all the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout with joy to the Lord, all you lands. Lift up your voice, rejoice, and sing. Sing to the Lord with a harp, with the harp and the voice of song, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout with joy before the King, the Lord. Let the sea make a noise and all that is in it, the lands and those who dwell therein. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the hills ring out with joy before the Lord when he comes to judge the earth. In righteousness shall he judge the world and the peoples with equity. A reading from Titus. When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy through the water of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This spirit he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Here ends the reading. Oh
Emmanuel, God with us, fully human and fully divine. As we celebrate your birth, may your presence and your message be born anew in our hearts, just as you were born in a stable on that first Christmas long ago, so that we might continue to encounter you in unexpected places and be forever awestruck by the simplicity and significance of your everlasting love. Amen. We stand tonight before the fact of Christmas. We stand tonight before the Christ child. This fact is at once so awesome, huge, overpowering, and powerful, and at the same time so small, so fragile, so homely, and so pedestrian. We have the glory of the almighty, infinite, and eternal God coming to dwell among us, and we have the little child doing what babies do, crying, eating, all of it. Christmas, the first Christmas up until now, is so strange, isn't it? Everything hanging on the fate of this child. It isn't very efficient. It isn't the most obvious plan. I imagine if you or I were to come up with a plan to bring people into loving communion with God, this child born while his parents were caught up in the bureaucracy of taxation and immigration and a startlingly volatile piece of our history would not be our first or even our second plan. We could think of some more options, surely. Because it might, to us at least, seem to have been easier for God to get the job done than to go through all this rigmarole. Shepherds, a virgin girl, the city of David, the emperor Augustus, the manger. There are lots of moving parts here. Couldn't God have just appeared to us like the angels to the shepherds? Or couldn't God have just declared it all at once? Well, no. No, not because God is not all-powerful. But because God had done these things, God would not have accomplished God's goal. What is God's goal here? God's goal here in this Christ child in every Christmas in every heart. God's goal is that you love him. God desires your love, our love. God wants our desires. God becomes a child so that you can love him. God creates the world so that you can know him and love him. Almighty God, God the Most High, the eternal and infinite power above and beyond us all, that God desires our love, our attention, and our affection. Real love and real affection are not disembodied realities. When we think of love and of the movements of our hearts, we do not think of abstract principles, but of embraces, the warmth of bodies, the comforting meal, rocking the baby to sleep. Love is not some set of legal procedures. Love is the infant pressing itself against its mother to hear her heartbeat again. Love is not some general sense of goodwill. Love is the anguish cry in the hospital room in the night when we find ourselves powerless. God wants that love from us. God has made us for that love. So God becomes a child in order to give and receive that love with us. Becoming human was and is the only way to get that done. The love we meet in Jesus Christ, the love of God for us, like all love, does not leave us alone. Learning to love this person, this man, Jesus of Nazareth, is like learning to love anyone else. When we really find ourselves loving someone, we begin to rearrange our own desires, our own wants, our own worries around this person. Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. We can see here a moment when Mary begins to realize just what she has gotten herself into, and perhaps ourselves too. 
loving Jesus and so loving God back is not going to be a temporary romance or looking after the baby just for the night. This love made real and tangible in this person is the love of that almighty God and so is going to seep out into everything. So our love for him is going to become our love for everything and the thing we start to organize ourselves around. The training in and for this love that is the Christian life is not taking on some new burden or some new stricture. It is being set free. It is that moment when you finally say, I love you, and they say it back, but turned over and over again every day. It is not a new burden. It is the breaking of the yoke, the weight upon our backs, the bar across our shoulders, the strange fact of Christmas, the most high God and the squirming child, the word of God and the inarticulate cry of the infant, is, given who we are, the only way to get the job done, to let loose the power of God's love in human hearts. Amen.